Welcome back to the Talking Sports Podcast right here on YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Guys, we appreciate everyone that is clicking on or listening or watching to this episode. I know it's been a while. It's been about a month since our last episode, and that was our conference championship preview. So once again, you guys are joining us for another college football episode. We are going to be breaking down, obviously, you can see by the title, our college football playoff preview. You will be seeing this on our, on today, so Friday this afternoon. Obviously, the playoff is Monday, so we're going to get you guys jam-packed with everything that you guys need to know, score predictions, all that kind of stuff. And as always, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Guys, make sure you guys go online, download the app, use code TSP for 100% deposit match up to $100 on Underdog Fantasy. Jer, how we doing, man? I'm doing good. And like Pete was mentioning, Underdog Fantasy, you get a 100% deposit match. And as well, don't forget to follow us on our social media, at Talking Sports PD, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We post a lot more content than just the podcast we do on YouTube. Um, so follow us, stay up to date with some of our latest posts, at Talking Sports PD on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yeah, and as always, like, comment, and subscribe. Road to 5K, we've talked about it for a couple months. Um, We're slowly getting there, guys, so road to 5K. And obviously, like, comment, share this video with a friend, do all that fun stuff. If you enjoy our content, uh, we really appreciate it. But, okay, so before we do this, we have another guest. If you guys watched our conference college football championship preview, he was on. If you watched two years ago when we broke down the college football playoff, he got it really wrong with picking Michigan to, to go all the way. But it's all good. We're going to have him back, and that is Ryan Matz. And, Ryan, how are we doing, man? What's up, guys? Um, happy to be back talking college football again. Um, yeah, so we was here for conference championships. Those were it's pretty exciting weekends, pretty controversial weekends, and this should be an exciting playoff. You going to redeem yourself after two years ago? Two years ago was pretty rough. Uh, I did pick Bama to beat Georgia in the conference championship. So you so you I, I kind of screwed up last week. So um, I guess but we all also picked all screwed up somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But I do remember Gerald, both of you and I picking TCU to beat Michigan last year, Georgia to beat Ohio State, and Georgia to beat TCU last year. So you and I got oh look it's three games you have to pick right. So it's yeah. not this isn't like rocket science, but we did it. So let's see what we can do it again. That. That's all that so matters. We, yeah, so obviously, guys, we have two great games. We have the Rose Bowl with Michigan-Alabama, and then the Sugar Bowl-Washington-Texas. We're going to start with the earlier, earlier game that you guys will be seeing on New Year's Day. That is Michigan taking on Alabama. Ryan, I'm going to start with you, man. In the Rose Bowl, one seed Michigan, four seed Alabama. Just something that sparks your mind in this game. Yeah, I mean, this game's really all, all you can ask for. I think everyone kind of knows that. I'm sure Florida State fans are upset, and I think we all – I do think they should have been in, but that's beside the point. This game's awesome. Um, I think that one thing I'm looking forward to is the quarterback matchup, which is probably not something people are really saying about this game in particular because, you know, this is the game with, like, the two better rosters for sure, um, better defenses probably than in the other game. But when you have that, I think the quarterbacks will make a difference in terms of, like, who can do more with their legs. Both these quarterbacks like to use their legs a lot. Who can not turn the ball over? Um, the one game Bama lost, Milrow had a few turnovers that were like pretty bad. It was a long time ago, but still, um, that's the first thing. First thing that comes to my mind is can either of these quarterbacks like win the game for their team? I know they can, but like, will either of them? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the team that's going to win is the team that 
forces the other quarterback to kind of make mistake, like you said, make turn forced turnovers. Um, but what I'm looking here is this is a new Alabama team that we saw beginning of the year, like we know. Um, they just beat the number one seed and took them out of the playoffs. Um, so they're hot right now and they're very confident. And that's scary when you get like a Nick Saban Alabama team that's very confident and believe they could win every game they play. Um, so yeah, I think this one's gonna be more of a bruising game. Not as flashy, not as high scoring, but um, it's gonna be a great game. Yeah, I, this is like I talked about this when we did the conference championship preview, and obviously, I think I underestimated Alabama a little bit, and I think a lot of people did. Um, but also, this isn't like your typical Alabama team up front, like, this isn't like your ferocious run defense defensive team or your pass rush. Look, I, I got it, they have uh, Dallas Turner, who's one of the, who has nine sacks on near one of the best. Pass rushers in the country is probably going to be an NFL draft pick um, this upcoming spring. But like Michigan's your old school kind of running game. We saw against Penn State, Michigan, they decided to really not throw the ball mainly in that second half, and it was all on the ground. Like Corum. So if Michigan and one, they don't like you said, right? Like both teams don't fully rely on their quarterback. I do think Bama relies on the quarterback just a bit more to yeah. make something happen with his legs just because I don't think Bama has a true elite back. But, like, mm-hmm. if you're Michigan, you're Blake Corm, they're going to run the ball. And I think this is something that they didn't do last year against TCU where they kind of just – they kind of spread it out a little and they kind of got behind early. They got behind early. They got behind early and then they had to become a true passing down. So, like, if you're Alabama and you can get, get up to an early lead and make – and turn Michigan into a one-dimensional passing team, I think you're going to win. But if – Michigan's going to want to win that kind of grind it out kind of game. Like we'll win by six or five, but we're going to be okay winning that way because we'll run the ball. We'll play good defense. JJ McCarthy won't turn the ball over because he doesn't really turn the ball over or he hasn't turned the ball over this year and he'll make the easy throws. But if, if the roles are reversed and Michigan turns into a one dimensional passing team and they get in the third and eights and the third and nines and the third and tens, I think that's where that kind of helps Bama in this game. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that both of the playoff games that Michigan was in. I mean, Georgia just beat them, but yeah, Georgia went up 14 nothing in like the blink of an eye, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that Michigan team wasn't as good. I mean, when we've seen Ohio State make the playoffs before, Ohio State, they're all they're usually more of like a run and gun team. Michigan is like the best Big Ten team at like playing Big Ten football. Like their defense is really good. They run the ball. They only had seven turnovers all season, and three of those were against, like, Bowling Green. Like, that was really weird. Um, So that's why I brought up the turnover battle. Like, I do trust them. But then again, you look at the playoffs last year, they turned it over three times, and they were all crucial turnovers. So, like, everything Michigan's done the last two regular seasons has been, like, perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. Ohio State twice beat Ohio State on the road in a shootout. They beat him at home and, you know, still a higher scoring game, but not like a total shootout. Um, one thing that's big is uh, Zinter being out for Michigan, mm-hmm. their right guard, because he's like their best off. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. You could see when he got hurt against Ohio State how like shook up everyone was. Um, I'm not going to put much stock into them beating Iowa. I mean, but like it wasn't yeah. like they just ran over Iowa from the get go. No, it was no. like, three nothing into the second quarter like it wasn't like it was about what you expected for that game to be um so if that hurts their ability to run the ball down alabama 
I don't know if they'll be able to just drop back and pass, like Pete was saying, even if they're not losing, if that's just their game plan, which I don't think it will be. That, I mean, Saban's a defensive guy. He used to be like a defensive backs coach. I'm expecting their secondary, like Alabama secondary, to be fully prepared and have McCarthy guessing a little bit. And Pete, like you said, like when they beat Ohio State, they just ran through that defense. Um, so they need to establish the run early, need to try to get up early and just keep running the ball because that just, just destroys a defense and kind of just sets the tempo for the game that, like, yeah, we're going to beat you by doing this. And if you want to stop us, you got to stop us. Um, but if they get into that throwing battle where it's kind of like not a shootout, but playing catch up ball or just needing to air it out, putting it in McCarthy's hand to make a play, he might. You know, if he that that's the situation where he might turn the ball over, and that's what's going to be probably maybe their downfall if they get into one of those situations. Yeah, it's also <clears throat> obviously Michigan's been tested this year, but it's been only a handful of games, and I don't think it even gets to a hand. Like it's been, it's been Penn State, it's been Ohio State, and if you I guess you want to call Iowa in the Big Ten championship, but I don't even want to call that tested. So this is obviously one. Obviously, when you get into the playoff, it's your biggest test. But I always. When I before, obviously, we're going to give score predictions in a couple minutes. And as I'm looking at this game, I always go back, and I know we're focused on Michigan a lot, but I just feel like for some reason that's it keeps coming back to me. But the last two years, I've kind of put a, a sour taste in my mouth trying to think if Michigan's going to win this game. Because, yeah. look, two years ago, they lost to a Georgia team that was pissed off after losing the SEC championship. And obviously, Georgia went on to go win the national championship. So that Georgia team was great, one of the best defenses we've ever seen. And then last year, they lose to a TCU team, and TCU rightfully deserved to be in that game because TCU beat them. But then when we saw what happened when TCU played Georgia, like we just saw how mm-hmm. much obviously better Georgia was last year. So that's a testament more to talented. Yes. Like Michigan but, was much more talented than that TCU team. Yes, Michigan had no business, in my opinion, losing to TCU. Two years ago, you lost to Georgia. I'm not gonna hold you for it. I thought Georgia was gonna win. So but I I look, I picked TCU last year, kind of going off the cuff there. So did JR, but I do think Michigan was way more talented than TCU. So that's where I'm kind of hard trying to pick on this. But if you flip it over to the Alabama side, let's talk, let's talk a little bit Alabama before we get to our score predictions here. Jalen Milrow obviously had a coming-of-age kind of season. It was like you had Ty Simpson, you had Tyler Buckner. They were rolling through games. If you're an Alabama fan, you remember that USF disaster. Even though you won, it was just a complete disaster of a game. And you just everyone kind of counted you out. And I, I did too. Like Obviously, this year was so different. There were so many good teams that it was – very hard for Bama to get into the playoff, and they and they did. But Jalen Milrow, obviously, is best when he's using his legs, when he's scrambling. Uh, he does tend to throw some interesting type of balls once in a while, some dangerous balls. He puts them in uh, harm's way. The one thing is I like the running backs, Mc, Mc, McMillan, uh, Mc, no, McClellan and uh, Williams, but they're not Alabama running backs, right? Like this isn't your no. typical even Najee Harris or Damian Harris or Martin. Um, Mark Ingram or Derrick Henry, like it's yeah. nowhere near any of those guys. So it's they rely more on the quarterback making plays. And obviously, I don't like Alabama's talented on the outside. Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond are really good receivers, but this isn't like Devontae Smith. This isn't uh Jackson's Julio, not Jones. Ohio State. Julio okay. Jones. Like this isn't like Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams. Yeah, Thank James you. That's what I was thinking of. This isn't like a star studded wide receiver core yeah. or star studded running back team. This is a really good team. They're not a great no. team. Yeah. It's not I think people have been saying this. It's not like 2020 Alabama or like 2012 Alabama. 
But I do think that's kind of overblown a little bit in terms of their performance, at least before the Georgia game. I think people don't realize that now. Because obviously the Auburn game, like, they could have lost. But that's a rivalry game at Auburn that happened in uh, 2021. Um, If you look at the numbers, like, their offense is right there with Michigan in points per game. They're both, like, in that 13 to 15 range. Like, you know, very good offenses. Their defense is giving up only 18 points per game, which is, you know, Michigan's is at 10, which is crazy, but they also yeah. play 10. Bama played much better offenses. They played LSU, who's best offense in the country, Texas, Ole Miss, and then Georgia. They didn't, like, shut any of them down. I mean, they lost to Texas, but they did enough to win the other three games. Um, they got some turnovers against Georgia, which helps. I think they're going to have to get a probably turnover against Michigan. And then, Pete, going back to what you were saying, I think if you just, like, took the team names and the logos away and you just looked at like the resumes pretty much everyone would say that like Michigan is probably a better team. They had a better season. So the logic behind Alabama is like the psychological aspect. Like it goes beyond that. Like you trust Nick Saban after a month or you don't trust Michigan in the playoff. So, and I think that's valid to definitely to a point, but I think it's like a different aspect compared to if you're going with Michigan, you just think they're the better team, which they probably are, at least right now in terms of talent in the trenches. Like McCarthy's more experienced at quarterback. Um, yeah, and also like both of these teams, I think, feel pretty disrespected. I mean, Michigan, because you had the Harbaugh thing all season, whether it was fair or not for him to get suspended in season, it's definitely, if you're a Michigan player, you're going to feel like disrespected, like everyone mm-hmm. hates you, which is fair. And if you're Alabama, I mean, did you see the Jalen Milrow thing? I think it was yesterday or the day before. With Bill O'Brien, how Bill, Bill O'Brien, O'Brien said he shouldn't play quarterback anymore. Or yeah. shouldn't play quarterback. Or he st- basically stinks when he was so at like, Alabama. The presidency, Jalen Milrow pretty much said that, like, Bill O'Brien, their previous offensive coordinator, told him he should switch positions, yeah. which is. To what? Running back or wide receiver? Brian. I didn't probably yeah, I didn't see like one of the two, probably. One of the two, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's we'll definitely give him a chip on his shoulder. And like you know, Nick Saban's always gonna have the boys ready to play in a big game. No one's questioning well, that. Plus the fact that like people believe like George is the better team than them too, and like it sucks that George is not in and they got in, so they yeah. got shoulders too. Um yeah. Jared, anything else you want to touch on Alabama that sparks your mind before we give some score predictions? Yeah, I would say kind of like in the sense of what Matson was getting at. Like, if you're betting on not betting, if you're picking Michigan, you're you're betting picking them because like they're the better team. Then if you're picking Alabama, you kind of know Michigan's the better team, but you're just betting on Saban. You <laughs> yeah. kind of like yeah, what he's done, his resume and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's a very valid statement. From Matson. I mean, you saw when they were on the committee, like, or when it was the selection day. Everyone saw the video of like yeah. the Michigan party when that Alabama logo came up there. Like, mm, yeah, I don't think that means like Alabama is necessarily going to win the game, but I think there's there was definitely a sense that they'd rather play Florida State, and I think they definitely rather play Florida State if Jordan Travis was healthy. It's just something about yeah. Nick yeah. Saban scares you. I mean, they they were dead in that Auburn game. Like they were dead. They should have lost. Dead in September when they lost to Texas. And then they were dead again in that Auburn game, and they just yeah. found a way to rally back both times without, you know, the 2020 like super team that they yeah. had where they just killed everyone. And also, they're also Alabama's a Hugh Freeze boneheaded 
defensive call away from obviously not being in this game. And also Jalen Milrow made a great play on the play. So I'm going to yeah. give him credit there as well. But also yeah. Jalen, this is bad. In terms of like neutral sites, this will be a true like 50-50 Rose Bowl. Uh, yeah. Rose Bowl. Like, Which is cool. I love the, Rose the next game. Um, this It'll be pretty cool seeing the yellow and the red, you know, when they, yeah, when they I fly agree. over. That'll be, it, I mean, I don't think that'll have an impact at all. It's a far trip for both teams. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 50-50. Like, and I also want to preface when we said Alabama doesn't have the stars on the outside, and obviously they have very good receivers, they have very good running backs. This team is still absolutely loaded with five-star guys up and down the roster. They have one of the best true mm-hmm. freshman corners in the country in Caleb Downs. Like, he's just incredible. Dallas Turner's great. Like, I know we cool Amish Kinstry is one of the best corners in the country. Like this Alabama team is still top two, top three talent wise team in the country. Obviously just didn't have the household names on the outside. Yeah, it's just, and, it's not like charges. NFL pro bowlers, like all no. over the fields. But no, Michigan, I, I mean, Blake Horam's great, but like Michigan's more built, you know, in the trenches and like yeah. on defense, which very important. It's just yeah. not as flashy. I mean, this game's not as, <laughs> flashy as the other game but i don't think either coach wants it to be like this is how this will be like a 2012 kind of throwback lsu kind of alabama games that were <laughs> not six nine three or whatever that championship was <laughs> if you guys um, have the guess which qb do you think's gonna make more mistakes this game mm-hmm. oh, probably joe probably joe and right. i unless michigan gets completely flipped off their game like yeah. if Michigan just plays how they've played all year and just kind of plays their style of football, I don't think JJ McCarthy makes a lot of mistakes. He's used to, but then obviously he's grown as a, a yeah. quarterback. But if Michigan turns, like I said earlier, turns into just a pure pocket passing team and just have to throw the ball consistently, and Alabama knows that, I think that's when Michigan can get in trouble. That's fair. Okay. 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 So everyone who's watching, listening, drop a comment who you guys got in the Rose Bowl, Alabama or Michigan, Ryan. I'm going to start with you. What? Who do you got winning, and what is your, I guess, quote-unquote score prediction? And before I preface that, right now on Friday at 10.35 a.m., uh, Michigan is one-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, I mean, they opened at one-and-a-half, and that line is really hasn't moved at all, um, which is a little surprising. But, yeah, at the risk of looking like an idiot after this game ends, I'm going to go with Michigan again by three, 27 to 24. Um, I just think like picking them to lose because they've lost previous playoff games, I don't think is fair. Like everything, every, they're going to win a first playoff game eventually, you know, um, or something like you would think it's just like, (laughs) if you want to say you think Bam is going to beat them, that's fine. But I don't think they're going to beat themselves for a third or for another time in a row. Um, I think they're better. I think they'll be able – Bama's run defense isn't amazing. They did a good job against Georgia, but Georgia also kind of shot themselves in the foot multiple times in that game. Um, I think they'll get ahead, and they ran on Penn State. They ran on Ohio State. I I just like them by a touch, uh, field goal. I mean, they're – we said I think they're a better team. I think they are motivated, whether it's fair or not, which kind of will at least even out Bama's motivation. And – I think they're a little more experienced. This team's – I think the TCU game will help them. Um, you saw it. They were pretty composed at the end of that Ohio State game. Yeah, that's just that's just where I'm going. You know, maybe I'm trying to jinx them again. Who knows? But, no, I 
I think it'll come down to the ends, and you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with Michigan this time. Jared, what do we got? Yeah, so I'm gonna preface by saying I think Michigan's been the better team all season. Uh, however, it comes down to one game, and the way Alabama's confidence is at. Also, I, I'm a guy who trusts Nick Saban's coaching. Um, I think Alabama's gonna win this. I'm gonna flip Matthew's score. I'm gonna go Alabama 27-24. Um, I think it's gonna be a really close game. And it's going to come down to the last two minutes, I'd say, um, with the game-winning field goal or whatever. Um, yeah, Alabama 27-24. I'm going to preface as well. I think Michigan's probably the better overall team at this moment. And I picked against Nick Saban in the conference championship, and it made me look like an idiot. Uh, and I don't feel like looking like an idiot again. And look, this line staying at one and a half. It's basically a toss-up kind of game at the yeah, moment. It's a pick game. Yeah, it's basically a pick game. I don't know. I just think Alabama's on this kind of kind of bender at the moment, Like, if that's a funny way to say it. But they're kind of on this trajectory after the Texas loss to USF disaster in the beginning of the year. And I don't know. I just – look, I, it's tough to say, oh, because Michigan in the last two years – hasn't done anything and that's probably not the reason you pick Alabama but it just gives me a like an interesting taste in my mouth right now and just how they haven't performed in these type of games I think this is nowhere near their well Michigan's level of performance they did the last two semifinals I think they're obviously in this game I just like Jalen Milrow to make a play or two I don't know if JJ McCarthy is going to make a play or two um and I do think if Alabama can slow down Michigan's running attack uh, Michigan turns into too much of a one-dimensional team. I like it as a game-winning field goal as well. I think it's going to be a very close game. So I got Alabama 24, Michigan 21. I think yeah. I think this game is going to be great. I think it's going to be a really cool game. It might not be your 41-38 kind of scoring game. But I think it sits right, more like, in the 20s, like we all kind of preface there. But I kind of like Alabama. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're all un- operating under the same like general idea. Um, yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if it was a blowout, a blowout one yeah. way or another. Um, yeah. Okay. Everyone in the comment section down below, drop a comment who you guys got time for the second semifinal game. This is the sugar bowl. It's going to be taking place in new Orleans. It's the two Washington's or the two seed Washington out of the pac 12. And then the three seed Texas out of the big 12. Both of these games, in my opinion, are great. So, Ryan, I'm going to start with you once again. Something that sparks your mind in the Washington-Texas matchup. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first game's kind of like big brands, Rose Bowl, yeah. like drama, yeah. storylines, you know. This game's just awesome. Like, this game's just going to be a shootout after dark in New Orleans. QB slinging the ball around. I'm really psyched for this game. Um, I think the big, the main battle, if you will, or the main advantage will be Washington's pass game versus Texas's secondary, which is like the weakness of Texas's football team. And obviously Washington's pass game is like one of the best, if not the best in the country. Um, You got Penix who, I mean, we all thought Washington was going to lose that game to Oregon. Most people thought Washington was going to lose that game to Oregon and they just showed up and they just beat him again. Like, um, McMillan being back in that game, he had like eight receptions for like 120 yards. I mean, he made a big difference. I'm, I'm really excited to see this offense. I mean, Texas offense too, we can get into, but the first thing, anything that comes to mind is like, can Texas slow down Washington's pass game, which 
not many teams have been able to do, but it has been done a few times this season. My, I'd say my I main takeaway is Washington has a sick pass game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, not so much that can Texas take away Washington's pass game because it can be done, but the reality of that is probably not going to happen. Yeah. But just Texas's D-line stopping the run completely and just taking that out of the game yeah. and forcing Penix to just keep throwing the ball. Because yeah. um, when, when you become really one-dimensional, you got to be a well-rounded offense if you're going to want to beat a team at this caliber. And if you just can't run the ball for anything, they're just going to sit back in zones and just eat you alive in the pass defense. Defense. Um, I know Penix will probably have a really good game. Their passing offense is probably going to do really well. But if you just take that run game out, like on a third and one, they don't have feel confidence to run the ball. That's that's going to give Texas the main advantage. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I love this matchup. Obviously, both teams are loaded at the quarterback position. The both teams are have very good running backs. Both teams are loaded on the outside receiver, with yeah. receiver Adunzu and Polk and McMillan for Washington and Xavier Worthy and Donnie Mitchell, who has legit college football playoff experience, which you can't really get a lot because there's only two games a year or three, I guess, in the playoffs. So uh, both teams are loaded. I like what Jarrah said, though. The, the upfront from Texas, and I was reading some things about this. They have Malik Murphy and Devondre Sweat. Both are yeah. – no, not Malik Murphy. Byron Murphy. Sorry. Byron Murphy. Byron yeah. Murphy, my bad. Um, Malik Murphy is the former Texas quarterback. That's what I was thinking. Of. Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat. Both are NFL caliber defensive tackles, right? Like they don't have the sack. for sure. Yeah, they don't have the sack numbers, but they have the, oh, we're going to just run stop and we're going to let our other guys eat around you. So – Obviously, Washington well, offensive line was named the Jim Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country. Yeah. But I want to see how they protect up front, right? Like, if Texas is able to get pressure up front to Michael Penix, then it becomes a tough day passing because Washington relies on their O-line because they take a lot of shots. They take a lot of shots down the field. And when you take a lot of shots down the field, those plays yeah. are slow developing. Michael Penix needs time. So if Sweat and Murphy can cause havoc in that interior of the offensive line and make it uncomfortable for Penix, just even the threat of them, just to keep them off balance, I think it becomes tough. So I love kind of like the old school kind of matchup. But like, I know we're talking about the receivers and the receivers are great and the quarterbacks are great and the offenses are great. But the interior of the defensive line for Texas versus the interior of the offensive line for Washington, two of the best, I guess, units in college football. No, that's a great point. And it goes into what Jared's saying, too, because if you look back at the Oregon game, whenever Washington needed to run to get a first down, they were pretty much able to do so. Like, they're not going to be a run first team, but Dylan Johnson's very good, and they use the run to kind of set up the pass and just move the chains. Yeah. And like Jared said, if they can stop, Texas can stop that, it could be really detrimental to Washington. And then also, Pete, what you were saying, whenever Oregon was, like, getting momentum in that game, Washington would just, like, hit a downfield shot to Odunze or McMillan, and then they're rolling. And those are longer developing plays. So that's a good point. If they can – the one pick Penix threw was because there was, like, pressure in his face and he had to throw off the back foot against Oregon. So I don't think either secondary is going to really be able to, like, stop the receivers on the other team for extended periods no. of time. So if – and then Penix, he's not, like – he doesn't like to run, but he is pretty – I guess mobile in the pocket. Like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't get sacked. If you watch their games, like it 
so for those downfield shots, if Texas gives them the time, like they're not going to be able to hold up. I mean, some Texas secondary stats. They gave up 380 yards passing to Houston. Houston was not good this year. Um, 330 and like four touchdowns to Will Howard in Kansas State. And that Oklahoma game, they scored, they hit a field goal to go up what, five or six with like a minute and 10 seconds left. And then Dylan Gabriel and Oklahoma just marched down the field to go with nothing. So it's not a great secondary. But if the D line can kind of help them out, you know, I'll be interested to see how much they're going to blitz in this game, like how aggressive um, the defensive coordinator wants to be. Because they were able to make Milrow and Alabama, you know, make some big mistakes, like make some bad decisions. Penix is obviously a lot more experienced. I mean, he's just a better thrower of the football. But he'll throw some interceptions too. I mean, it's it's not it's not, it's not unheard of. No, bad one against Oregon. Um, if Texas can get Washington to be a little too like jumpy and a little unsure throwing the ball out fields that's where they can get them and jared let's talk about i'm going to ask you about texas's offense unless you have something to talk about washington offense no i, I don't i think i mean quinn yours is a great quarterback he doesn't really turn it over as well he only had six interceptions on the year um but he also doesn't have to do too much because that run game i know that jonathan brooks is hurt he's out of the game yeah. but i think the cj baxter kid he stepped up he's averaging around like five yards per carry still so like their run game's still in motion, and they're still running the ball. And they got good receivers: Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, um, close to a thousand yards mm-hmm. each. Um, so I wouldn't count this Texas offense out either. Um, no, they're capable of no, no. running up the score against Washington as well. So if it is a shootout, Texas can still stay in it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look. Well, Texas is great. Like, and obviously not having Jonathan Brooks. I like. I agree. C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue filled in pretty nicely for Jonathan Brooks, but obviously Jonathan Brooks is your guy. He had over 1,100 yards on the year and 187 carries, averaged six yards per carry with 10 touchdowns. Like that's that's not an easy <laughs> stat line to replace. Obviously, heading into such a huge game against Washington in the semis, but obviously they're they're loaded on the outside. Like Xavier Worthy is probably a day one pick, if not a, a early day two pick. In the NFL, like he's a legit NFL wide receiver. He got uh, banged up in that conversation game, but he's. I think I, think I haven't heard anything fine. that he's not playing. Pretty sure he's fine. And then Donnie Mitchell, obviously we remember him at Georgia. Uh, he yeah, caught he the game-winning catch again. That's a game-winning catch. Georgia. Yeah, and then transferred. Yeah, and that's a Tran- transfer Porter College football. Like and then obviously they have a, a big tight end, tight end, and Jatavian Sanders. I agree, Jar. Texas is. Look, they don't have. I think Penix is better than yours, and I think Washington has a probably a little bit better offense because I think they can run the ball a little better now than Texas. But I do think Texas is like it's not an A plus offense to a deep offense. Mm-hmm. It's no, an A plus to an A minus really offense. Texas is a great offense. Like uh, this is a very minor thing, and hopefully this doesn't come into play because you brought up the AD Mitchell thing. But Texas backup quarterback who started what three games this year transferred. And he literally said he doesn't he didn't want to leave his teammates, but the way the transfer portal schedule is, like you have to go it's now. Really dumb. Probably they knew like maybe Arch Manning was the next but, guy. Like, if something happens and Ewers gets hurt, even if it's just for a drive, it could be Arch Manning at the game, which is crazy. That'd be sick. Just I, I mean, it'd be kind of sick, but like if you're a Texas fan, just, I mean, I guess if Panix gets hurt, if any quarterback gets hurt, that's yeah, you can't bank on that, but but um 
I so this is a weird way of putting it, but I think we pretty much know like what Texas team is going to show up. Like they're going to be really good um, on both sides of the ball. They've played in some big games. I think the bigger question is just like what Washington team shows up. Is it the team that almost lost to Stanford and almost lost to Arizona State? Because if that team shows up, Texas is going to beat them by like ten at least. And also, if like Washington can make, they just get a couple big plays. You know, if they can take out the big play, if Texas could take out the big plays, I think they win. But Washington hit like two or three big plays during the game or mix things up. They got a really good shot. Yeah, like if it's the Washington team that beat Oregon twice, I think that team will win. Um, The defense for Washington, it's it's a little it's it's concerning. Um, well, yeah, they're not great. They're not great. Like they give up a lot of yards. They give a lot of yards to Utah, and like Utah's offense was not good this year. But they've just made enough plays in every game. Like they turn over Oregon once or twice. Um, they got some big fourth down stops that first time against Oregon. Um, it's like it. It's kind. Of, I don't want to say it's like TCU last year, but I think the defense at least kind of is. And that they're just like doing enough to win, mm-hmm. but like much better offense, of course. Yeah, I mean, their last five games they won 52 to 42, 35 28, 22 20 against Oregon State. What was like the rainy game? They're gonna have to score pretty well there. They, yeah. They're going to have to score 31 31. They're gonna have to score. Um, this I think this will definitely be a higher scoring game. I'm sure the over under is much higher than in the other one. Um, oh, yeah, and something else kind of like an X factor, which is really unfair to Washington. But, you know, they picked the both sites before the playoffs is that this game's being played in New Orleans. New Orleans is a lot closer to yes. Austin, Texas than yes. it is Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like – Plus the fan base for Texas. Texas is a huge yeah. fan base. I mean, it's at it's late night. I mean, it's like 8 o'clock Central time. This is not going to be like they're playing in Austin – but it's definitely going to be to it. more of a home field advantage for Texas. Um, I agree. It's unfair to Washington because they're the two seed, but also hey, they get to wear purple. They get to wear their purple. That's what they get. Nice. They get to wear purple. They get to play in a more. They get like, to play in a worse environment, but they get to wear. You purple. know, Washington's definitely mad that Georgia didn't win. <sighs> Then they played like Michigan in the Rose Bowl. But then you have to play Michigan instead of Texas. Look, I think Washington's been counted. Like we talk about, count they've been counted out. Look, we we all three counted them out. Yep. Against Oregon, we're like Oregon's winning. Oregon's oh, yeah. winning. Oregon's I had Oregon winning. winning by like fourteen in that game. So did the sort of the national media. So we all counted them out. Even though I picked Washington, I should have just stuck with Washington. Um, we all counted them out. I love this game. I actually like this game more than the other game. Just because it's more entertaining. It should be a more entertaining game. I think the other game is more iconic. This game is more entertaining. And, like, both of these teams, you know, they unquestionably deserve to be here. They both have great seasons. Um, it's funny that this is kind of like uh, a Big Ten versus SEC future battle in a way. Um, compared to, like, you have the actual Big Ten versus SEC battle in the other game. Um, well, I, I think it's funny that, yeah, we both counted them out. We all, I'm pretty sure we all did, counted them out for uh, the Oregon game, primarily on the reason that, like, we believed Oregon was the better, well rounded team and that Washington's defense wasn't going to come through and continue. They continue to come through. 
So it's funny to see this again where we – I think we all believe Texas is the best – a well-rounded team, yeah. and we might count Washington's defense out again, but can they come through again, you know? So – yeah, I think yeah. the month off will definitely help Washington. I know they had some like injuries on defense. Odunze, I think, was a little banged up. Like McMillan getting another month. That's something also. Like, I don't think there's really a coaching advantage in this game. Both coaches have done a great job this season. They're both, you know, on the young, less experienced, and like, I mean, another coach in a playoff game. Although Sark was like an OC in a playoff game, but. I mean, DeBoer has just done a great job. He wins. He wins he games. Wins. And, like, going back to that Washington State game, they were in, like, a fake handoff jet sweep with, like, their season on the line in, like, a fourth and three. Like, that's a – it's an aggressive, like, fearless play call. So, I don't – I trust them to not kind of, like, turtle up if the game gets close late. Um, but, yeah, it's just – Yeah, okay. Have these yeah. teams, like, ever – they played each other last year in the bowl game, right? Who? Washington. Yeah. This is Washington. I think they did. They played in like the Alamo Bowl last year. Okay, you're going to Google that because I don't remember that. No, I, th- I think you're right, Matson. I was reading on that. Washington won 27 to 20. Yeah. Oh, so, what a revenge game for the Alamo Bowl. You were through for 370 and lost. Um, but these teams are much better than last year. Yeah. yeah. Totally, not totally different, but different. That's okay. Funny. Anybody else? We got anything else to say before we get to score predictions? Um, I don't know. I just hope it's a fun shootout. You know, Sean McDonough is on the call. I love him. He always calls a good, high-scoring game. It's gonna be. I wish the game just started earlier. Eight forty-five. Eight forty-five. Jerry, anything you got? No, I'm ready to get into picks. Okay, let's get into picks. Ryan, I'm gonna start with you. Everyone in the comment section, drop your comments. Washington, Texas. Ryan, what do we got? Well, I have. Been dead at Washington last time. I'm not going to do that again, even though I know it'll be a tough environment. Texas might probably, you know, more five stars on the roster. I just trust Enix and DeBoer more than I trust yours and Sark when it comes down to it. And I think that's what makes the difference. I think this will be higher scoring. We go Washington 37, Texas 33. Um, I think this will be a good game, too. I think this could be a track meet, and I kind of think that's what people hope happens and hope is the case. Um, and I think whoever wins this game has a legit chance of winning the championship. Um, I know a lot of people think that, like, you know, the Rose Bowl is the real championship, and it might be, but I don't I don't think that that's necessarily the case. So I think this could be a great game. I'm going to Washington. Yeah, so I was I was back and forth even while we were shooting this video. First, I had Washington, then I kind of switched to Texas, and then you know I'm, I think I'm back on Washington. I got Washington win 41 to 34. I think it's gonna be high scoring. And like Matt said, I'm not counting out Washington again. Um, counting that out too much. However, I do think whoever wins this game most likely will lose in the championship. Um, so I got Washington 41 34. I was really hoping one of you guys would pick Texas. I was about it was this close because ah no I'm gonna have to I'm gonna look I'm gonna stay with who I was thinking I'm thinking Washington I'm gonna go with Washington Washington 34 Texas 31 and that means we're probably gonna be so wrong because we all went Washington clean sweep I don't know like what was your score Pete 34 31 Texas we all got over 30 points. 
Texas is four point favorites. Yeah. So I guess we're telling everyone to go take Washington plus four. Uh, but no, I look. I I didn't want. I counted count out Washington against Oregon. They've been counted out um, down the stretch just because they play in the Pac-12. Just who they are. I think. I think they're the better team. I think they're the better quarterback. I think they have the better offense. And I think in this type of game, I don't think the defenses of both sides are good enough or like like elite enough to make that kind of difference. I do think Texas is a better defense than what um, Washington's putting out, but I like Washington's offense. I, I Look, I don't know. I think Washington with the better offensive line, with the better weapons, better quarterback, I think they win a shootout. But if this game gets ugly and gets into the trenches, yeah. I think Texas has probably the upper upper hand yeah. in this matchup. A final note in, like, kind of defending my Washington pick. You know, people rightly pointed out that they won a lot of, like, close games this year, which they did. And some of those were against bad teams. But there was a stretch in November where Texas was doing the same thing. I mean, we were together for that Kansas State game. Texas easily – Kansas State had, like, mm-hmm. second and goal from the seven to win the game in, like, double overtime. Texas defense stood up. Then the next week, they almost lost to TCU – and then the week after that, they were in a dogfight with Iowa State for like a long stretch. So I just I feel comfortable picking Penix and DeBoer. I mean, they've proven they can win close games, they can win shootouts. They I mean, I think Oregon, I mean, I was really high on Oregon. I thought they were like the second or third best team in the country. And I was really impressed with what Washington did. So I have to put mm-hmm. I've put some stake and I have to put kind of my pick behind that um and we'll see where it goes i mean these should both be great games i'd be shocked if either game was a blowout like and lastly for me we could all say that like yes texas run defense is really good um and washington you know relies on passing a lot but their passing's worked their whole the whole season and it, that sets up their run game so i think once they get the passing game going the run game's gonna be fine um so yeah yeah Awesome. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this, I guess, college football playoff breakdown. You guys were recording Friday morning. You guys will see this Friday. We're going to get it right out to everyone. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you're on, or, or on YouTube, college football playoff semifinals Monday. Five o'clock is five. This is Eastern time. So five o'clock Eastern, Alabama, Michigan, and then 845 Eastern, Texas, Washington. You can find both of those games on ESPN. And I'm, obviously they have a ton of simulcasts. All that other jazz that they'll do with it as well. Um, we all went, so not all, but Jared and I both went Alabama, Ryan went Michigan, and and then we all went Washington as a collective unit. I can't believe you guys both also picked Washington. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. We're we're in a situation we put ourselves we put ourselves in a situation right there. I, I was really I was gonna pick Texas. I was I was thinking Jared was gonna pick Texas. That's I what I was about to. I was banking on you picking Texas, damn it. Okay, so you guys can all laugh at us when Texas wins because we kind of just set, a, set ourselves I'm up. I'm sorry, Washington. Like, yeah. I really, I really yeah. am. We didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, as always, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you guys use code TSB for a 100% deposit match up to $100, starting at 10 maximum of 100 You guys can obviously college football, NFL, NBA, college basketball, all that fun stuff. Make sure you guys use Underdog Fantasy use code TSB and Jer, where can everyone follow us on social media? Yeah, guys, we are on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at talking sports PD. Uh, we'll be posting when this video is out, we'll be posting more content um, down the line. So at talking sports 
PD on all social media platforms. And P, you want to mention about the uh, NFL playoff videos? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So once the NFL playoffs start, we'll be recording. If you guys listen to our underdog fantasy, kind of similar to that, a little longer. We'll do, we're recording Wednesday night. You'll be coming out, or Wednesday, Tuesday, whatever. We'll be coming out Thursday or Friday before each round. So we'll break down the wild card round for you. We'll break down the divisional round for you, the conference championship, and the Super Bowl. Um, so obviously, that is. In a couple weeks, we'll get that to you once, obviously, the wild card playoff starts. And uh, you guys who stay tuned for that content, maybe some college basketball content, some NBA content, uh, maybe some interviews, all that fun stuff. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, college football playoff preview. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, hope we had a happy holidays, Merry Christmas and all that stuff. Happy New Year to everyone. As always, we'll see you guys in the next one. He was Jar, Ryan. I was Peter. And this was the Talking Sports Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you.